Welcome to Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn and I'm sitting here with Matt Leach and this is part of our LA Adobe Mac series. So we're actually back in Sydney recording this. It was simply too much going on at the time. Yeah, so we're a little we're trying to be a little bit agile over there with some of our recordings where we didn't know how long we were going to have. Agile. Do you see I that? Like, I like that use. It makes yeah. me sound fancy. <laughs> so we often just kind of got stuck into actually having the conversation rather than doing a kind of our intro or anything like that. We recorded this in hotel rooms and back rooms, backstage, back press rooms, rooms and yeah. wherever we could, obviously. We were in a hallway at one point. We were in a hallway, yeah, yeah. yeah. That actually ended up being one of the better, <laughs> better spots. But yeah, we went on this whirlwind trip thanks to Adobe and HP. Um, so big shout out for getting us over there. And it was an incredible trip. Um, we're very thank- thankful. We've gone through all the audio. We have some great stuff. Um, we're going to get into the episode in a moment. Before we jump into the episode, just wanted to give a shout out to our major sponsors, Streamtime, and thank them for their consistent support. They've been amazing, just like their software, like what I did there. Very good. Yeah, I wrote that one down beforehand. If you haven't tried it, you really must. Um, I've been using it for all my projects, and it's it's been yeah, it's been great. I'm hooked. It's yeah. been keeping everything on time and uh, making sure I get paid, which is nice. It's good to have a sponsor that does really cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, check it out, streamtime.net. Um, they also have the phone app out there that I've been using myself, uh, which has been really great. I think we'll just drop you into this episode. Yeah, so this is with Bagit. Mm-hmm. And it's... Uh, had a little, you were better then. You had a little bit of trouble I've in the hotel room. I've been practicing for about <laughs> half an hour. It was, it was a great interview. It was... Um, it was wonderful because I guess we, I, I knew some of her work beforehand, but I didn't really know any of her backstory. So that was, that was really cool to sort of jump in really quickly. And mm. she was just great to hang out with as well. I think after the interview, it was such a shame we didn't have the, the recording equipment with us. We literally stood on the side of the road in LA for about an hour and gone and just had a great conversation. Talked and <laughs> yeah. told jokes. Yeah, so. she's a lovely person, has amazing work. Um, mm. We hope you enjoy the episode. This episode, we have Birgit. 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 Oh, oh, the g is the g. Go on. Uh, Palmer. Uh, illustrator and letterer, born in Austria, now living in Barcelona. Her work is colourful, geometric, and incredibly detailed. On her website, she has a great link that I like a lot, and it says a lot about how she approaches her work. She's passionate about deepening her passion for illustration every day. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. A beer in hand. Yeah. Beer in hand and That's seat. the way to do it. It's already five o'clock. I think we can start yeah. yes. partying a little bit. Exactly, exactly. And you were just saying before when I saw you in the lobby, this is the most calm yeah. that it's been when you just, what, you've probably had 10 minutes sitting in the lobby just away from the, the crowds. There's, apparently there's 14,000 people, attendees at this thing. Yeah, it's a lot of people. That's what, that's what Scott Belsky said. It's very easy to explain. The people I had breakfast with, my group, I haven't seen anybody right them in the whole day <laughs> I hope so they're okay. kind of hard to find people again but i stumbled over a lot of friends and people i wanted to know which is like a great way to start like the first day of the conference mm-hmm. well let's go let's go kind of way back and kind of just talk a little bit about because so, sort of what's super interesting is that you're living in barcelona so you know the obvious question is what what brought you to barcelona i was studying in austria in salzburg at the university and we had to do an internship and I did an internship in the States at a studio called World 49. I was there like for about, I think six months, five, six months. And when we started there, I think there was one of the first off festivals 
and we had tickets to go to the off and when I went to the off I saw a studio which was really nice called Vasava and this was the studio like the studio was located in Barcelona and I thought okay that's a very nice studio I want to work there and that's it so I went back to Salzburg and I sent off my portfolio to I think like 10 companies Vasava was the only one who like replied in an <laughs> instant on the next day and then I flew down and had an interview and they seemed nice and they seemed like I seemed like I could learn a lot because actually when you're just out of university you're pretty in Austria you say green behind the ears you don't know anything mm. so you have to learn a lot still so I was searching for a studio where I could learn a lot and that was my choice in the end. So what type of work were you doing? So just graphic design? Was it design work, branding work? No, we had, uh, where I studied, we had to like do everything a little bit. So I did illustration and mostly design and 3D. I also did sound, like quite bad in it. So Sound? <laughs> yeah. I'm such an unmelodic person. I can't even like dance properly. <laughs> so I had to do everything a little bit and I thought like illustration was quite nice. I like to draw, like in a retrospective. I have to say I'm not re very good in drawing, but I'm very good in imagining things. So that's when I started. And I went into illustration. We had like maybe 10 hours of illustration in a university. And then I thought, okay, I want to learn more. So I just started to dig in at home. And then finally I, I went to New York. I learned a lot. And that also like opened up the possibility to go to Barcelona. So kind of, mm. was kind of in between. Self. What an amazing, so that was part of the course that you, you had to do an internship outside of Austria or? It was, I kind of, normally I do urge me to do things which I really don't want to do, but I think they're good for me. It's very hard. I wanted to learn proper English, speak proper English. I had like very bad first three months in New York because I couldn't talk to people. Like once you get bored, you just start to talk to people, even if you make a lot of mistakes. And that's like one thing I wanted to learn because of that, I wanted to go to New York next to like learning a lot more about illustration. And so that was, so that was part of your course. Yeah. Is, is that a common thing in? In Austria, yes. Yeah. I think in Europe in general. Don't you have that in Australia? We don't, unfortunately. No? I, th I think we used to, and it's just, I think it just all became too difficult. Too many graduates coming out and there weren't enough studios and blah, 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 blah. In Europe, we have, even we have like help from Europe. I, I forgot, I think it's called Erasmus Leonardo or something like that. So you get money, a help, like a little help to go abroad to study as long as you stay in Europe. I was very lucky because I got, in Spanish, the word is beca, a little help from the university because we were like two girls going very far away. Very far would be New York and the other girl went to Brazil. So we got a little bit of money and that's like, we were good to go with that. I think everybody should go abroad. Yeah, I think everyone should go abroad and do internships as well. It's good for the mind. I don't mm. know. It's minds that you have like other people other cultures you have to like reset your mindset which is also good and you like get to know the other cities you have to see if like if the life is nothing for you in the end if you find out after six months that you don't want to live there 
and you're like totally fine at home, um, then I think that's good too. But I think you have to first experience it to know what you want to do like with your future. It reminds me of the hero's journey, you know, that kind of idea that you, you go on the journey and then you come back. Yeah. But I don't think that's like kind of weird because I don't think I'm going back. But no. <laughs> I'm still on my way. Like, <laughs> there are many years in front of me. I hope so. Yeah. And so, so Barcelona is home now. Barcelona is home. Hmm. I didn't want to go to Spain. I actually wanted to go to London. But I think in the end, I'm like very happy that I got there because people are just so different. I'm, I'm enjoying my life much more there than in Austria. But you, you never know. Hmm. Just something I assume now. Um, so let's get to a little bit more about your work and what you do. Um, so you call yourself a lettering addict. Yeah. So where, where did that, when, do you remember when that started or where that came from? That's a good question. We had to do quite a lot of letterings for t-shirts for Nike in Vasava. So I had to start there. I had like no experience in it. But in Vasava also the, the tradition is like, you don't know it, you have to learn it. So I started there a little bit. And then once I, I got freelance, I, there was, um, there's something called 36 days of type. I don't know if you know that. Yes. So I had, I had no job and had a lot of time. And I thought, okay, why not making a little bit of self-promotion and trying like a different style out every day. So making a different A, B, which helps a lot because you improve your skills. And it's also kind of like you reset your mindset because you have to have a fast idea every day. I think I took like kind of half an hour every day to make one letter, which did, is... Did you finish? Because on your Instagram, it only goes to a certain letter. And then No, but that was the third edition. Oh, the right. first one, I made the whole edition. Right. Wow. It was kind of nice because I got some jobs out of there. Yep. Mm, which was perfect because actually that's like the best thing which can happen kind of to an illustrator. The second one, I made a lot of those, but I think I stopped at F. And the third one, I had too much work. I think I just made A and B. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm getting, either I'm getting old and I don't, uh, don't want to like do over hours. Or I just had, I think I had too much work. I was like, okay, no. I'm gonna pass. So is so is Instagram sort of something that you can go to to kind of do some self promotion if things get start getting quiet? Is it? It sounds like you can just sort of go, okay, things are a bit quiet. I'm gonna give myself a couple of personal jobs, promote it, and then the work can pick up again and a bit of a cycle. Yeah, that's a good way to do it because if you create some personal work, I think you have to showcase it somewhere. Either you make an exhibition if you want to do something like very fast, which I'm like rather. The person who loves to do something fast and switches topics kind of a lot of times. Mm. So Instagram for this is very convenient. So if I have the feeling or I have like five hours and say, okay, mm, let's play around. I don't want to make a series which I can put on a homepage or I want to make an exhibition because I think that you must plan that much better. Instagram is kind of like a playground for if you have like two hours or three. Mm. So I use that a lot whenever I have time and I'm like, I don't want to do something proper. <laughs> Just want to play around and have fun. Um, I'm creating something for, for Instagram because I can't show all my client work. So there are always like kind of stints of maybe even a month where you can't post anything. And it's like, okay, let's do something. Right. And why can't you post the work? Is that because it's a project that hasn't been released yet or is it internal? 
No, mostly it's not released. Right. So it takes a long time until a project gets released in the end. It's most like half a year, a year. So you have to wait. Mm. And it's not, I like the instant gratification of having like some work and showing it around because I'm just like, okay, look what I've made. Yeah. And then people say, hey, cool. That motivates me. If you make a work and you have to wait, wait like for half a year that somebody is like looking at it, Mostly I'm then a little bit, it's just too late for me. Mm. It was so long ago that it's yeah. less relevant or something. No, it's it's kind of nice then, of course, to see like books printed and t-shirts printed and, and stuff coming out. But I also like the kick of, it's it's the same as you would draw something on paper and then you show it to a friend saying, hey, I had this idea. What do you think of it? So that's mostly what I, th- what I use Instagram for. Yeah. And I'm jumping around a little bit because I wanted to talk about sort of your relationship with Adobe a bit more. But we noticed that you did two posts today based on Scott Belsky's talk. And I was just sort of having an extra flick through just to see if there was anything I missed in in our research. And I noticed that you had two. And I was like, I recognize that. That was this morning. So you were sitting there like, how did you get those up so quickly? So they're basically just for the audience, there were quotes um, that Scott Belsky um, made on stage today. And you got two up and it's you know it's only beer o'clock right now so that was that was really really quick so i guess um can you tell us a bit about that and also how you got got them up so quickly today a year ago um me and a friend of mine daniel trindle we developed a workshop for adobe like part of the idea was to create an artwork in between a lot of people so we thought about like what could we do i mostly use systems to design because it's kind of making it much easier to like do a lot of work then. And so we thought we would make a modular type face. That's what we did. And then this is like kind of the base of what I use today. So I designed an alphabet, but in the end, if you deconstruct an alphabet, it's just geometric shapes. So out of six, seven geometric shapes, you can build a whole alphabet. That's what I did. So because uh-huh. of that, I also, I prepared that two weeks ago when I had time instead of doing Instagram posts. <laughs> <laughs> and now I already have like the whole alphabet in Illustrator. I'm just waiting for the perfect quote, which is not that easy. Like it must be short and nice. So like that was what I was like waiting for today. And as soon as I had something which I liked and I identified with, I just like composed the artwork and put it up. Got up very quickly. Of course. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm actually a very quick worker. I'm also like very quick bored. I'm kind of running instead of walking. I think it's like the whole personality type. <laughs> I'm also a quick beer drinker. We can get you another <laughs> beer. That's no, no problem. No, no, I, I still have a little bit. Okay. The, um, when you talk about you love systems, where, where does that come from? I think I'm a little bit lazy. And additionally, I have, I think it's like kind of, all people think if you have like freedom, you can create whatever you want. That's like the best thing in the world, but actually it's the worst because you have so many choices. So it's hard to like choose one direction. So whenever you, whenever you put yourself like in some kind of, if you give yourself some framework, mm-hmm. life and work is getting like much more easier. I think I'm interested in systems behind like design. Not even I'm not doing that much branding, but it's just like every illustration has a system behind. How can you use it? It's also like an interest of mine. Like how could you use it in a different way? I did 
think like three years ago, I did the impossible type because I I really like uh, MC Asher. Mm-hmm. And I saw like the impossible triangles and I know all his work and I thought, okay, what's the system behind it? And you just have to search a little bit on YouTube and then you see like actually how he made the triangle. It's pretty easy because it's like one view from above and one view from below. And then you part the the graphic and connect it new. It sounds now super difficult, but it's very easy. Mm. It's just like a very simple system behind very beautiful graphics. So I did the same for a typeface because I thought, okay, if this is working for graphics, it's it would also work for a typeface. And it worked very well. And from there, I just started to continually using systems, for example, isometric grids, everything, which is like giving me a certain framework where I can see, okay, I can develop one artwork, but then develop another one, but with the same system. Um, it gives it some unifies work. I think it's like, Beautiful. I don't know. I'm working on a on a big Asher since a long time to see if with the same system I could develop an artwork where you just change some graphic shapes and then like the whole artwork changes itself. It would be like super interesting. Wow. But I'm still stuck in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to do. I'm just imagining uh, like Adobe Sensei, like the the uh, AI kind of if you gave that piece of work to to it. Yeah. And said, create something new, what would happen? Probably it would solve it because this is like all, it's mathematics in the end. It would solve it like easily. But I also like the thing that maybe to invent, like to understand the system behind. But some help from Sensei would be like perfect. (laughs) (laughs) They were doing a lot of things on on stage today. Um, Very well, very well rehearsed. So it was all very, very tight as it has to be when you're doing a demo on stage. There's lots of items where it was sort of, hey, before we used to have to do this and now magic button and they just hit a button and yep. like take away i can't remember who it was on stage but he was talking about how he he had written a book in the late 90s or something that was about how to do all this stuff in indesign and he said that could literally be a paragraph now I know. or a sentence now like yeah, my book I is really, redundant because now yeah the computer does it all for you and you just press this button uh, i saw someone in the crowd that had um, a shirt that said sensei is god and <laughs> i was like oh because it does, it does come across a little bit like the the stuff they're showing is amazing, and then you know the touch the magic button, Sensei does its job. Um, but there's always this, well, at least what I'm picking up, there's this little bit of um, oh, it worked kind of thing yeah. from them. As even well, the, even the, of course, of course, because no matter what, no matter how many times you test that stuff, yeah. you never actually really. But I think I think it. it says a lot about AI in in a way that kind of like we we kind of know what it's going to do, but. It may not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just saw a talk of, I don't know if you know Yural Harari? No. Yeah, the um, Sapiens guy. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This guy, yeah. and I saw a talk of him, like, talking about artificial intelligence. It's wow. kind of, like, yeah, he's scary creepy. Maybe he... it's, like, already, like, too far away, but it kind of freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, hearing him talk about it yeah. sends shivers up your spine. Yeah. I think yeah. like Alex Rotu chaired it and I was like, okay, I want to see it. And in the end, I was like, mm, I'm going to buy the book, but I'm not really sure if I like the outcome. But yeah. actually, he just like asks questions, but they're like not very, I don't know where this is going. Mm. Also, like regarding my job, I don't know where this is going, but I still think kind of like the emotional part and the problem solving part, I don't think they can do it. Mm. But if they do everything else, they take a lot of work away. Mm it will get kind of creepy. 
Yeah, it can do. Yeah, it definitely changes. It definitely changes things. It's that thing I heard recently. Someone talk about this idea that you know, well, we'll all have lots more sort of time to do whatever we want, and and it, it bring it back to what you just said before. That kind of if you have too much choice, it's kind of you you almost sort of paralyze yourself. Hmm. I feel I'm also like lecturing at the university in Salzburg, like where I studied. And I feel that people are like, in general, overwhelmed with like all the choices they have. So kind of like the only thing what we do a lot is we we are going back to like to an analog work mm -hmm. because it just you don't have that many choices. So you have to use your brain, which is like super nice. And I think the students are like really grateful about it because you just have if you work with paper, you work with paper, you have your problem, like get rid of everything else and then like solve the problem. And if you just have paper, you will invent it somehow mm -hmm. and it always works. So I'm kind of like, I think back to the basics, sometimes I'm like super digital, like shouldn't talk about me. But the thing I see in the course is like, if you strip away like all the additional stuff, which is available today and like go back to like a certain problem because mm. every design starts with a problem like solving part. Like how to prepare, um, for example, a typography which I can use in like half an hour to create a quote. It's kind of like you have to rethink the whole thing. Mm. And that's, I think, is, is, that is very nice. What program do you use most? Photoshop and Illustrator, mm -hmm. mix out of it. I think like Illustrator is far too clean, so... I'm using Photoshop to fuck it up a little bit. <laughs> Not sure if I can say this here, but you can. It's totally fine. So, when in in that case, um, today they obviously showed uh, Photoshop on the iPad, um, and not just a not a Photoshop light, but like full Photoshop. Is that something that interests you? That's lovely. Yes, <laughs> I think that's really nice. Just need to buy an iPad. Yeah, <laughs> that's the like the problem. We're starting with this problem. I did see a lot of people online, online myself included. I was like, oh, I'm actually maybe I'll get one of those iPad Pros. So yeah. it does seem like a pretty good, pretty good thing for it, it Apple. It seems, yeah, but it seems like the other like time saving part. Of course, like if you are on the bed doing nothing, you could also draw. But you could also stay on the bed doing nothing. Yeah, yeah. see, that's that, that's kind of my follow up question to that is what is is we have these promises a lot of the time of how we can save up and speed up our workflow. What do you do with that extra time? Yeah. Because historically, what we've actually done is work more. Yes. That's what we do. Right. Like, so I'm, now you've got to do two posts instead of one, right? Like yeah. you have to. No, if, if not, your time is cut in half, then you have to work twice. Or not even. Twice as much. I think, like, even, for example, it would be me thinking, oh, what do I do with this time? And then you're like, oh, I don't know what to do with this time. Like, fuck. And then you just wasted looking at your yeah. phone, which is like the worst possible <laughs> yeah. case you can do. Yeah. So I have I have a lot of time doing that. I said, like, oh, I've got half an hour. And then it's like 10 minutes left. And I'm like, oh, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a bit scary, isn't it? Like, feeling like that you're cutting your your life into 30 minute segments or 15 minute segments. I remember hearing years, years ago about like lawyers who charge by the minute or whatever, by the yeah. six minute or the five minute or something in Australia. I don't, I'm sure it is in lots of other places as well. I remember just thinking, Oh my God, that would be so stressful. Like, Having to charge people, well, it's like $100 every 15 minutes or something like sounds that. Sounds great, actually. Well, yeah, that part <laughs> sounds good. If you work good. the whole day. Yeah. If you, yeah. I'll just work from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock and I'm done for the day. <laughs> um, 
it's, it just terrifies me a little bit to, to break things up into those small little parts. How, how do you work, though? Do you have a very, um, obviously, you love your systems. So do you have a very regimented kind of work day? Yes, I'm very German, Austrian in my work day because I do love my free time. So I'm starting very early. I'm starting like around eight. Like my boyfriend is getting up at 6.30, which means I can sleep an extra hour before getting to the office. And then I'm just trying to to work like my eight hours. Probably normally it's like a little bit more. But I really enjoy like Spain is a beautiful country. So one of the things which I like most, there's a lot of light. There's a beach next to it. So I try to like leave office around six and do something else. Just like I don't want to be all the day in front of the computer and that's what actually I do. But like if you leave at six, you still have in Spain. It's like normally during the summer, there is sun until 10. So you can do a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm trying to leave at six. If I have no work, I'm trying to leave earlier. I'm like really bad in that. Because I'm getting cut up and looking at messages or like replying emails or just like cleaning my desktop. I'm just such a bad leaving work person. (laughs) (laughs) So do you, very important question, have you adopted the Spanish siesta? No. No? Okay. Because you said you went to an, you go to an office, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm working in an office with a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. We have a sofa. But I'm not doing siesta. I can't sleep during the day. I'm like much too active. Like if I sleep for half an hour, I'm like totally done with the world afterwards. Don't you have that? Yeah. Like no. I can't sleep during the day. I don't know who does because like the Spanish siesta kind of think it's like a very known thing abroad. But in Spain, I know actually very few people who, who are at least like in Catalonia, nobody's doing it. Right. Don't mm. know Spanish siestas. Catalonia is like hardworking. So... I don't know. I think like maybe in Vasava, we sometimes had a siesta if you're like very sick and you're not feeling well, you're allowed to have a siesta. Otherwise, you just do the normal European working time. I love my siestas. Yeah. yeah fi- you're having siestas. Yeah. So 14 minutes is my perfect amount. Oh, you're such a weirdo. 14 <laughs> minutes. Exactly. <laughs> I've worked it out over time. You've worked it out. Like, you're asleep. How do you know? Literally. Well, I set the timer now. Hmm, so. Okay. And literally 14 minutes and I'm up and I'm awake and feel really refreshed. So mm. I just had 14 minutes before we started this, which is <laughs> awesome. So I feel much better. You l- yeah, you look like <laughs> quite relaxed. Maybe I should. I had like 10 minutes. What I do, I don't do siestas, but I do like the 15 minutes staring at a wall, which is like ah. kind of the same. So just like just emptying the mindset. So kind of like mindful meditation in, in a way. That's like a good wording for it (laughs) people like staring (laughs) Staring at the wall wall. i was staring at the elevator just before 10 minutes it was like lovely Mm. like super relaxed now (laughs) what is your process you said you're working on photoshop and illustrate so you're just working on a like laptop or do you use wacom i think i saw you had a cintiq at some point is that how you how you work yeah i have a cintiq and i mostly work there i like do rough sketches on paper but Mm. then like as soon as i think i've got like the idea kind of or the problem broken down into like some content I can use. So I just like switch to Cintiq and start drawing from there. I mostly, I prefer to st- like draw up stuff in Illustrator 
because this this is another framework. Illustrator is very geometric, so mm -hmm. you can't like make too much fuss around things. So if I'm drawing a hand, I'm taking like I'm looking at the hand and I'm I'm doing like some geometric. I'm creating everything out of squares and circles, which is the easy way because then afterwards I'm going to import it into Photoshop and then I can add the details I want. But like the proper composition is done in Illustrator. That helps a lot. I didn't do that when I started out, but that was on the way it developed kind of this thing and I'm continuing to do it because I feel very comfortable with it. So that process you found now, how, how long have you been doing it that way? <laughs> I have no, three years, four years yeah. maybe. Before I used to work a lot in Photoshop and what happens sometimes you, for example, a client comes and tells you, hey, we want to have a poster, A4, 300 dpi's. So you make a poster, A4, 400 dpi's, just in case. Yeah. And then they say, oh, it's very nice. Can you also do like a vertical format, really long one? And what happens, you have to redo the whole illustration. That's like yep. a, a huge disadvantage of Photoshop. So at a certain point, I started to rethink because I was always fighting with Daniel because he was like, no, like Illustrator is very good. And I said, like, no, Photoshop is the master. <laughs> and now I'm kind of in love with both of them. But I think like Illustrator is just more because it's vector based. So you can adapt. Often clients mm -hmm. don't know for what they will use the graphics. So like they're always like adaptions. If you have to do the whole graphic again, just because you made like an A4 and then they need it on three meters, it just saves you a huge amount of time. Yeah. It, sound, it sounds like Project Gemini, the thing oh, that we got a sneak peek at. my notes. <laughs> um, oh. We got a sneak peek at Project Gemini today, which um, they, they sort of did a demo and showed how vector graphics and sort of pixel-based artwork and brushes like Carl T. Webster's brushes, Can Carl T. Webster's the, up there. In the one program. All work within the one program. It's quite intelligent in how it switches between two. Does uh, that get you excited? Yeah. yeah. I think that's <laughs> the future. That would be like the ideal future, like a fusion of Photoshop, Illustrator, which you can use on every program, on every, like, even if it's tablet. I don't know. Mm. It's just something which would excites me thinking about it, like, to not having to switch between the programs, because every program has its advantages and disadvantages. If you just would join them, perfect. So it sounds like you're the perfect test case for that program, to be honest, because I mean, just everything you've been describing, as you've been describing, I've been like, ah, oh, Gemini would actually solve <laughs> all that. Who knows? I don't know. I would I would test it to see if it would solve like all the problems. I'm kind of curious how they are going to do it because I don't understand the system behind it. Like how mm. are they working with vectors and pixels at the same time? Yeah, and especially mm. the problem that you just described before where the client wants something bigger, make it bigger. Um, yeah, I wonder how it actually handles that. <laughs> <laughs> Certain parts of it look great, bigger, but the other bits are all blurry. Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe they find, I think like brushes are also like kind of, they are very old school, but I think it doesn't take too long. So they, they will have to reinvent them. In the end, everything I think has to be vector-based in some kind of, I don't know if they can make the curve between pixels and vectors, mm. but you can also vectorize brushes. It's just like not so advanced that you could use them like in Photoshop. Because I'm, for my works, I say, I say that for my works because I'm working like very geometric and bold. So I'm not actually drawing. For this, I think like Illustrator with some Photoshop functions, 
won't be like totally enough. Mm. And then I'm thinking about the HP laptop that everyone seems to be carrying around. The, that we the Z-book got, that we've seen we demoed that we haven't touched to, yeah. yet. <laughs> we got really close. We, we did. We, we were pretty close. But have you heard about this? The, so there's a new HP laptop that comes with Adobe on it. And it's also, it's not touchscreen. It's like a Wacom. It's it got is, Wacom. It's touchscreen too. Yeah, Wacom yeah. technology as well. I like a friend of mine, Rick, told me about this one, but I haven't, I, I saw Alex you Tuchuk got, using you it like either. just before, but I haven't got my hands on it. The search continues. Yeah, we'll, we'll, track, we'll track it down. I um, wanted to talk a bit about Adobe. So you're here as part of the in, Insiders crew, uh, which, is, which is pretty cool. Sort of looking through, you've done quite a few things with Adobe before. Like you mentioned before the workshops that you created with your friend. And I've noticed that you've done some work that has been part of Adobe stock. And some of your work has been used in campaigns. Where did all this, where did all this start? Did this start when you were in Barcelona? Did it start? Yeah. Um, actually, yeah, it started at Vasava because I'm, I was doing like a lot of work for Adobe there. But then, of course, like when I left Vasava, I couldn't like keep in touch with the people. So kind of a coincidence. I'm like talking quite a lot, at least in German. <laughs> so um, there is a new design festival in Austria and they like it's called Forward Festival. And now a friend of mine. Before it was just a guy I didn't know, Otma, he like contacted me one day and said, okay, do you want to come and give a talk? And I said, okay, yes. And then um, while being there, I stumbled over Katja, which is one of the bosses of Adobe Germany. And I was talking with her and I told her like, hey, I made uh, like a lot of beautiful images for Adobe before. And she said, okay, let me see them. Like, And then she just came to my talk. And then we, we talked for quite some time and uh, she said like, maybe one day we'll have something and we can work together. And I thought that would be great. And then like a long time, nothing happened. And then, I don't know, one and a half years after, suddenly an email popped up in my inbox, which made me very happy because it was a project for them. Oh, great. So What was the project? The first project was... Actually, it was the modular type. Oh, modular type. I'm like, actually, I'm not really sure which was the first project, but I think <laughs> it was It was like a w- getting, I think it's like, it was a very beautiful idea behind it because it was inventing a way how a lot of people could work on one artwork together mm. using the Creative Cloud because you can, it's kind of hard to explain, but Creative Cloud, it's possible to design like that 30 different persons design like on one artwork at the same time in real time and you see the changes of the other people mm. it's like something which doesn't exist in the digital age it's something you made like in a when you draw analog you know like this game you play when you were kids you fold the paper yep. one is like drawing the hat the other one is drawing the body it works like that what's that called is it something corpse isn't it Beautiful corpse. Oh, or? you're looking at the wrong guy, my friend. You're the one that always comes up with uh, has, weird names for things a really that exist. Weird name. I think it is a, a beautiful corpse or something like that. Anyway, I have no idea. In Germany, that's, that's for sure, it has another band name. name. <laughs> beautiful corpse. So we did that, and then I also did, like shortly afterwards, a really beautiful project with students, also using the Creative Cloud. So we had to invent the future city which was pretty nice because 
I just gave the students a kind of, I did the same as I do with myself. I gave them a framework mm -hmm. and some, give them a square, some circles and kind of like some windows. And I told them, okay, you, you have to construct like a really nice building for my future city. Like get your imagination going, like develop something nice, something futuristic. So that was for students of Adobe Germany. And it was really nice because the students, it was not just my students, but students from all over Austria, Switzerland, and Germany um, started to develop like really nice how like from future houses until McDonald's, they did everything or like churches. Um, I think there was a UFO, there was everything. And I like what I did, I put the city together. I made like a part of the city, the framework. I mm -hmm. did the streets, like the lightning, some part of the city, and then the rest they did kind of. So just in 2D or was it with the 3D? It was isometric. Right. So that's like, that was some borderline because otherwise, and like they that's had to use certain... projects. <laughs> it was really, I really nice. I really want to do it. Mm. I thought it was really lovely because you see like the different type of people, because there were people who wrote me an email like, hey, I just made a house. Now I think because I saw you had, I had to like to upload updates of the city. Mm. So the students were following. It's like, I made a really boring house. Please, can I remake the uh. house? Because <laughs> oh, like, okay. they saw everybody else's and they I, realized yeah. they wanted to do something. It's like, a bit okay, cooler. I see, I can be like way more freaky than I was. Like, can I please redesign it? And so we had like, I don't know, I think like three, 400 entries. It was even like the artboard in Illustrator. You know, when you can't make the artboard big yeah, up because yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. already the end of Illustrator. So that was like lovely because I really like also the feedback of people if something animates people. I think that's like a good way where design should go. Mm. So that was pretty lovely. And then I did something for the States with Adobe Stock too. So a Rubik's Cube because they have... Um, your yeah, this is the piece. favorite project that I that I noticed really? of yours. Yeah, oh, that's very nice. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's very like it, you know. And it's interesting. Interesting reading, kind of a bit more, like about your avant garde and and how much um, you like Escher and things like that, because that screams, screams Escher. I think yeah. In a mm, way, I think it's nice. I think if you are doing graphic design or illustration or three D, I think constructing something which is not possible or which you can like which lets people stop and take a look and say, okay, something is wrong or mm. having like a second layer of visibility, like some below problem. Um, I think that's something design or illustration can solve very well. It's something I like to do because I don't know, maybe it's because of me, like myself, I like to look at pictures and find some second sense in them. That always happened to, we, to me with like MC Asher and with a lot of other artists and I kind of prefer to like create things which are impossible because everything possible you can just like take a picture of it we'd be like perfect so mm. just rather I'm always how doesn't depend like how far I go away from it I always come back to this visual play of impossibility I think mm. that's nice that's that's really nice it's really nice I want to I want to take us back to the start of the conversation where we we talked about that kind of idea that, about your passion and your passion for kind of getting better, which seems 
some of the stuff you've said is, is is contradictory in some way because you've said you know you're quite lazy but your work and the way you describe how you work feels anything but lazy so where where does that kind of i guess that passion for getting better and improving and where does it come from i think it's also like it's my character i think it's not even in design i think i i want to explore more because i know like there's a huge field and i have that like in it's i haven't seen enough i haven't learned enough i think it's very important to never stop can't imagine myself like doing the same things i'm doing now in 30 years i just think i would be like utterly bored so i want to develop myself i'm also like developing as a person it's what you do i also think it's i think it's kind of a ridiculous staying with a style like you have to see where everything is going additional like technology is advancing very fast so you have to go with the flow if you want to use sensei or not it's like something though but you have i think you have to see what technology can offer you and see how you can like reshape design also in kind of a certain way i can um, i can see that through your instagram feed alone it's like it's you, you do develop a style and then it feels like you move on to the next one is that hard for clients though i mean do you have clients coming in and going i want that style you used to do mm, no <laughs> I'm, I'm that, that sounds like it's like going to be no like, with oh, a but. Yeah, no, but I I do and I certainly I try not to like totally copy artworks I already did because I'm getting bored very yeah. fast and I don't think it's very innovative. I don't also if I sell something I want to sell something good and new and fresh, not something I've already made like one year ago. So. Actually, it never happened to me. I'm I'm very lucky to have clients which are kind of open mm -hmm. because I'm also like trying to keep the sketches very open. So I'm sketching with like a pencil so they can't utterly see where it's going mm. and then have a lot of room to improve yep. and make it. I What I try, I'm trying to make it like much better than the one they want. And even you can move. I think like as I don't have like a, a certain style like I think it has an overall note that is from me but I, th I always try to kind of like put some progress in my work so I think that's important also mm. for myself like I don't want to get bored by time and a bit of a follow-up question you talked about like you know new technology and needing to kind of keep at the forefront of that do you how do you build that kind of learning time to kind of learn new tech Okay, there I'm very Spanish. <laughs> like, I don't learn it until one day you really need it. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I know that. You, like, the second you say, like, ah, I already tried that once. Maybe, you, like, you just, like, took a look at it. And then suddenly you have the urge to learn it because you said to somebody, oh, same happened with Sketch. I didn't know Sketch in some time ago. XD was the same. It's just I don't know those programs, but I can have a look. So I did have like a very fast look, one second kind of. And then later on, if things got like very serious, I just feel it's the same students do it the same. You just sit down and then oh. you start to learn it and it always works. Just that's, I think, the Spanish way. It, it, <laughs> it creates, yeah, creates the fire. 
the fire, the learn to learn. I think that kind of brings us to around time. I think so. Yeah. So thank you. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much. <laughs> you too. And um, if people want to find follow you online, find out more about you, where where should they go? They just have to spell right my very difficult name. <laughs> it's much easier to spell than to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> they can find me like on Instagram, on I think like every social media actually because I had the urge to like open up all different accounts. But I think like the best one is Instagram. So they should search for me, Peggy Palma on Instagram. That would be nice. Cool. Great. And we'll put some links in there as well for, for those that... Um, I can't spell my can't name. can't spell your name. <laughs> um, and Matt, what about you? Uh, at Matt underscore Leach, if you want to look at circles. If you want to look at circles. Um, and I'm at Flynn Tracy on pretty much everything. And you can follow the show and more at AUSDesignRadio.com. And you can follow us on Instagram... Twitter and SoundCloud at AUS Design Radio. Thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.